the footsteps of Jesus from down under. This is Nick Krita, your host today, and I'm very happy that you tune in with us again. Welcome to the program. Today I've got a special guest again, and I can tell you that uh, before we even start this program, we couldn't stop talking. Seems like we we knew each other for from quite a while. This is Jim. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Nick. Jim, I'm so happy that you could uh, make it and come here to share with our listeners your experience with God, your walk with Jesus. And I'm looking forward to hear your story because, as I said, uh, you have a, a wonderful story to share. If you don't mind, uh, start with telling us uh, a bit of, of your background. Mm-hmm. Not a problem, Nick. Yeah, I... Uh Grew up in a family that uh, was uh, not uh, Christian as such. We had come from Scotland in the UK, and my uh, parents, uh, while uh, my father was not religious, uh, my mother was uh, brought up as a uh, as a Catholic. And uh, uh, in Scotland in those days, back in the uh, in the fifties. It wasn't the done thing for them to uh, to be going out with each other, and so uh, uh, it caused a lot of problems religiously. And uh, mum and dad decided that uh, religion wouldn't be a part of their lives anymore. And so, with us three kids—myself, my younger sister, and brother—we uh, basically didn't have an awful lot of. Uh, Christian background as we were growing up. Uh, we did get sent to Sunday school a couple of times, um, but uh, uh, pretty much uh, it was life without uh, any form of religion in it. And uh, I can remember as growing up, uh, there were a number of times that uh, I did wonder if there really was a God, um, and that was from a fairly early age. Uh, but uh, as time went on and uh, I did my schooling, got out into the workforce and uh, started living uh, a rather wild life as a young man. I just got further and further away from any thought of God and uh, uh, probably uh, unfortunately, or I'd say it has to be very unfortunately, uh, I grew up as a young person with very little to go by in the way of a spiritual life. I can recall every now and again when there'd be a bit of a crisis, I would wonder if there was a God, someone that we could turn to, someone that we could ask for help from, but I didn't pay too much more attention to that uh, until uh, after probably uh, 10 years or so, I had got to the point where I was uh, drinking heavily, uh, was uh, very much into the drug scene of the time and uh, uh, at the same time had been a heavy smoker um, and had been for quite a while actually because uh, uh, the people I was hanging around with got me into smoking quite early. So all of the things you can do to destroy your life both physically and spiritually and any other ways. Um, But I figured that life was fairly short and you may as well live it as hard and fast as you can and uh and i was doing that and uh unfortunately uh a few of my friends who were doing the same thing uh passed away along along that road and uh it's a very early time for that sort of stuff to be happening or for people to be uh to be dying from uh from overdoses from health related issues especially when you're in your uh early 20s uh, mm. and moving into your mid 20s 
So, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'd had quite a few jobs uh, in the lead up to becoming a Christian. And uh, at the time I became a Christian, I was actually working in an abattoir, uh, Meatworks, mm-hmm. and uh, was just laboring there. And they're a fairly rough place to work. Uh, they speak a language all of their own. And I don't think there's too many English words in among the expletives <laughs> that happen in these places. Um, and so, yes, it was, it was, fairly rough and it was quite amazing that it was at that point probably when I was at my worst that God decided to uh, step in and show me that he really was there. In fact uh, I had uh, been out and uh, and gotten into a bit of a party that was going on, got involved with some drugs, uh, came home, took some more and uh, and really felt like I was beginning to overdose and uh, and knew that I was in trouble. And as I, uh, as I was sitting there with a couple of friends of mine, uh, they realized that I was in trouble as well. And they thought that I'd actually passed away, um, from a bit of an overdose. And so, uh, they took off out the door and didn't want to be there when the police got there. Uh, for myself, I, I realized that, uh, I was still alive, but I just couldn't move, couldn't talk, couldn't do anything. And, uh, when I was able to move and talk and caught up with those friends again, they thought they were looking at a dead man. <laughs> they, mm. were, they were quite amazed. But it was at that time that I began to think to myself, well, I couldn't move, I couldn't talk, I couldn't do anything, but I could think. I remember talking to God for the first time uh, in my life, and, and I said to him then that uh, if I was going to get through this, if I could come through it unscathed, that I would search and find out what the meaning of life really was because to me I just seemed like it was uh, just do everything you can to speed up the process and get to the end of it and that kind of shortens that area of my life quite a bit Um, there was a lot of negative influences a lot of terrible things that happened in between there but uh, uh, getting to that place where God finally stepped in was um, was was quite amazing and uh, from that moment on, I decided that I needed to find out if there was a God, what my place in his whole plan was, and where we go from here. And so uh, I had a motorbike at the time. I was uh, riding around, just a young guy, had plenty of long hair. It's all gone now. <laughs> uh, Happened to all of us. It does. <laughs> And uh, so, yeah, I actually rode all around the uh, the city that I was living in looking for a church and uh, a minister who could explain to me uh, what was happening and uh, couldn't find anyone who could really tell me anything that made an awful lot of sense. And in the meantime, I'd been invited by some friends of mine who uh, uh, my friend's wife was a Christian lady um, I think she was an Anglican uh, Christian. And uh, she'd been visited by someone who was uh, selling books. And she didn't know what this man's name was, but she told me his name was probably, she thought it was Cole Porter, Mm -hmm. Colin Porter. Mm -hmm. Cole Porter was what he was actually doing, selling books. But, uh, uh, yeah, she thought that was his name. And so at the end of the night, I'd expressed some interest in Christian and spiritual things. And she said to me, look, he gave me a couple of little books, and I'm not really interested in either of them. You can have them if you like and read those and see if they help you to find your way clearer to God. Mm. And one of those little books was a book called How to Survive the 80s. 
Wow. And uh, it was a Seventh-day Adventist book. Um, and uh, when I read that little book, uh, basically I was not a good reader, but I read that book from cover to cover uh, in one sitting and couldn't put it down. And at the end of the time I thought, okay, I've got to find out more about this God. Now, being an uneducated man, I just read the book. I didn't read the cover. I didn't read inside the cover. I didn't know who published it, printed mm -hmm. it, or where it came from at all. Um, uh, for me, I was just the kind of guy who would open up a comic and read the inside of the comic and then that would be that. But uh, here I read this book. Uh, so I had no idea who it was from. And I still was searching around the churches to try and find someone who could uh, tell me what I wanted to know about God. And uh, it was just after reading that book that I happened to ride past a, uh, a church that I had never seen in town before. And I'd lived in that town for eight years. Uh, it was on the main road and I had ridden past there plenty of times. But finally one day I looked at the, uh, the sign out the front of there and it told me that uh, I was uh, uh, going to be able to uh, meet with these people on a Saturday morning, which to me seemed really quite odd. But uh, I thought, OK, I'll come down here on Saturday morning and see what they have to say. And uh, I remember rolling into the uh, church on my motorbike, uh, and it was right in between uh, what we call Sabbath school and the church service. And as I rode in, uh, a few people had just come out from uh, from Sabbath school and uh, they were standing there looking at me in the car park because I was dressed in a pair of old jeans. I had uh, what we call flying boots on, the uh, riding boots. I had a uh, helmet under my arm and... Uh, and long hair all the way down to my <laughs> to my uh, the um, bottom of my lower back there. So mm. I, I was quite a sight for them to behold. I don't think they'd seen anyone come to church looking like that for a long time. Um, and I think some of them were about as afraid of me as I was of them. But I went into the church, um, or, or began to move into the church, and then I thought, no, maybe I shouldn't. I started to back out. No one at this stage had said anything to me, and I thought, okay, I'll... I'll, uh, I'll maybe get on my bike and go because these people look much more neatly dressed than I am and I felt a bit out of place. And just as I was putting my helmet back on, uh, someone grabbed my hand from behind and began to shake it and uh, introduce himself to me. And he was a gentleman by the name of Peter Saunders who was a literature evangelist uh, at the time. And uh, Peter was the Cole Porter or literature evangelist who'd actually gone and visited the woman mm -hmm. who had given me the book, which had started my search off, and I'd ended up coming back to the very place where the book came from. <laughs> wow, that's wonderful. <laughs> so it's amazing how God works and uh, how, how he can have these miracles. It was like he almost laid down a pathway for me to follow and, uh, and find him. And so uh, that began my uh, my time as a Christian. Um, I enjoyed thoroughly a lot of the studies that I was having with uh, Peter and his wife uh, and with the minister. But after about uh, six weeks of uh, studying with them, I found that uh, I woke up one morning and, and it was just like everything was gone. It was just like Everything that I was interested in, everything that I was enjoying in finding out more and more about God had just stopped. It was almost like uh, I was riding a train that had just run out of steam. And so uh, 
I uh, I went round to Peter's place one day, where when we normally go round, we usually have Bible studies three times a week, and uh, I just explained to him that um, for some reason or other, it seemed like all my interest in doing this had dried up, and he told me that he felt it was uh, God's way of saying there was something in my life that was preventing me from growing or pursuing this any further. I decided then that uh, maybe I need to find out what it was that was stopping me from getting closer to God because that was the one thing that I wanted to do was to get much, much closer to God. I'd enjoyed everything as it was uh, as it was unfolding before me. And uh, so I asked Peter what sort of thing would stop me from being able to get closer to God. And he said, is there anything in your life from your old life that you're still doing? And uh, without even thinking about it, I I realized that uh, I still had um, (laughs) 250 marijuana plants growing in the state forest that I had uh, planted um, the year before. And uh, it was quite a funny story, actually, uh, because as soon as I told Peter that, he said, well, perhaps... uh, um, you could tell me what you want to do with those and I said well I'm going to pull them all up I'm going to uh, uh, burn them in a hole and we'll cover it over and that'll be the end of that um, he said okay well I can come with you and uh, so can the um, so can the minister of the church we'd be happy to come up and help you to do that if you like and I just thought yeah I can see the headlines now if we get caught up there by the police you know, uh, Seventh-day Adventist minister, Seventh-day Adventist church elder, and new convert caught in marijuana plantations. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that's uh, that's not going to go down well. So I said to Peter, look, I, I did this, and, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's up to me to make it right. And so I rode on my bike up into the state forest, in uh, in Western Australia, out near a little town called Kirrup there, and uh, uh, went to find these plants, which I did find. Uh, I took enough petrol with me, and uh, fortunately it was winter time, so I didn't set the whole state forest on fire. But um, I pulled up uh, each of the plants. And uh, now anyone who's ever been involved in the drug scene will know that uh, sometimes if you're growing something like marijuana you get a little bit paranoid that someone else may find your little plantation Mm. and so what I did was uh, I planted 200 plants in one area and 50 in another area. Unfortunately for me, I, I was um, I had been smoking too much of this stuff when I planted the things, and uh, uh, I could never ever find the fifty that mm. uh, I had lost in the forest somewhere. And I just put it down to the fact that someone else must have found them and taken them. And so this day, I got up there and I pulled the the initial two hundred plants up and uh, uh, had destroyed them. I'd poured the fuel out of the fuel tank on the bike and left myself enough to get back to the town which was about five kilometers down the road uh, set them in fire in a nice big hole in the ground and uh, just kept throwing them in there and burning them and then covered the whole lot over at the end of the day it took quite a while to Mm. burn them up I went to hop on the bike again and uh, and and head for home feeling quite satisfied with myself that I had actually uh, gotten rid of that part of my life and as I went to put my uh, my leg over the bike to get on there, my feet just wouldn't come off the ground. And I stood there 
almost paralyzed and thinking what's wrong mm. you know again i'm thinking am i having a stroke is there some mm. other medical problem going on here i could not get my leg to come up off the ground and so i stepped back and i could do that okay i walked around the bike and i could do that okay and i tried to get on again and still my leg wouldn't come up off the ground and i thought there's something really really strange going on here so by this time i decided to put my helmet on the seat of the bike and i went for a little walk into the bush and being a new christian i just started praying and asking god to help me here mm. and tell me what was going on and i walked for quite a way but i came to a little clearing and in that clearing i found another 50 marijuana plants <laughs> so it was god's way of saying the job's not done yet and you can't leave until it's completely finished so they got torn up and they got burnt and uh, i actually uh, uh, just made it back into town with the fuel that i had so all in all it was a pretty good uh, a pretty good experience mm. and i felt like god had had a a, a fantastic victory in my life in that day because that was a big part of my life i'd always wanted to be rich but i was too lazy to do it honestly and i was looking at trying to get rich through growing marijuana which would have helped to begin the ruin of other people's lives sure and uh, god had made sure now that uh, uh, that wouldn't happen and that I could begin my own life with a clean slate as far as that was concerned um, or my new Christian life. And so, yeah, I was very happy and I, I refueled my bike in the town and I rode the rest of the way back to the city that I was in. But uh, as strange as it may seem, uh, we do have an enemy out there. For sure. And, uh, the devil pursues us, especially when he thinks he's about to lose his influence in our lives. And uh, as I was riding home that day, I had the most incredible experience because uh, I was riding on a road that you could really only ride a motorbike at around maybe the speed limit, about 110 kilometres mm. an hour. It was a very curvy road, uh, lots of little hills and undulations. There were railway crossings. Jim, would you mind if I will just interrupt you a bit here because uh, you have one of the battle, one, Yep. And you are coming now facing the enemy with some other battles. I would just like to have a short break right now. Yeah, yeah. And I would like all our listeners, don't go anywhere because you are going to hear what happens to, to Jim. <laughs> This is in the footsteps of Jesus from down under. I've got a song for you prepared today and that's um, called Open My Eyes, O Lord. Stay with us. We'll be back in a minute.
This is in the footsteps of Jesus, and today my guest is Jim Ballantyne, and um, we are so glad that he could come and share his walk with Jesus. Jim, uh, I'm sorry that I interrupted you uh, before for this yeah, short know. break, but um, I thought I will just uh, stop you there, and after that, let you share with us how God protected you mm. or, and also how uh, the enemy was attacking you mm. because you're just coming down from the mountain with a bit of um, confidence you know to say yeah. that i won a battle uh, it's something you know which i'm proud of mm. uh, but the enemy is not um, wasting his time no no he uh he got straight back into me as quickly as he could and uh you know, it's only as you're a Christian you begin to realize how the enemy does attack you, but uh, this was my first real uh, indication that he was there and he really meant business. 
and uh, as I said, I was riding home from the uh, from the place where I had just destroyed the uh, crop of marijuana plants, and uh, there I was uh, on the bike. I'd, I'd fueled up in the town, and I was riding home, and uh, the speed limit in that area was probably around about 100 kilometres an hour. Uh, it was a country road, fairly windy, and it was a great road to ride on a bike. And uh, to be honest, I was elated at what had just happened um, prior to this with getting that uh, uh, drugs section of my life and, and feeling like I had put it behind me. But as I was riding down the hill, uh, coming back to uh, towards uh, a little town called uh, Boynup, uh, I was coming around the road and I all of a sudden looked in the rear view mirror and from nowhere a, uh, a big green Ford F100 uh, utility was sitting behind me. And uh, if anyone's ever seen these big utes, they rock and roll around bends, and uh, they're not—they're they're not great for high speed or any of that sort of stuff, you know. But this guy was sitting on a hundred kilometres an hour, and he was sitting probably—I uh, would say—one or two feet behind my motorbike. Um, and at that speed, that's just way too close. So I could almost uh, uh, feel his fan turning on his radiator. It was that mm. close. So uh, I decided to uh, give the bike a little bit more fuel and accelerated on forward and thought I would leave him behind me. And uh, as I was going uh, around the bends, getting faster, he just didn't back off. He was right there. And uh, at first I thought, this is not possible. This can't be happening. This guy cannot be doing now around about 130 kilometres an hour around these bends. I was even struggling on the bike. And uh, so the next thing I thought was, well, just go for it, open her up, and uh, I don't want to end up underneath the wheels of this uh, this vehicle. By this stage, I hadn't really put it down to the enemy so much being behind me, but as I, uh, as I throttled the bike full on, and uh, she was a little bit of an older bike, so she wasn't going to go real fast, but we were still doing quite a rate of knots, probably around 160 kilometres an hour, and by now I was swinging way out across the other lane as I went round bends. I was trying not to end up in the gravel um, because I knew I'd come off. And uh, to this day, it just it just blows my mind to think that this thing was still sitting right behind me. It was almost like it was attached to me. I thought for a minute I might be towing it behind me. Wow. Um, and he was just there, and uh, and then it hit me. This is not normal. This is not the way things can happen. Uh, this this just doesn't work according to natural laws that mm. this should be happening. And so at that moment, I prayed and asked God. I couldn't do much else, and I, I was a new Christian, so I just simply prayed and I said to God, God, help me. You've got to help me because I'm going to come off this bike any minute now. I just can't really control it much more at this speed on these roads. And when I do, this guy's going to run right over the top of me. And as I prayed, I looked down at the rearview mirror, and it was gone. Wow. Just like that, it was gone. I saw no dust behind me or, or anything. It would have taken him a long time to slow down from that speed, but he was just gone, just like that. And at that point, I knew that I was uh, dealing right there and then with a foe who probably would have just pursued me until I killed myself running into a tree or something like that. The devil is a real foe. Mm. He really means business, and he does not like it when we turn to God 
And yet, if we don't turn to God, we have no protection from Him anyway. Yes. And, uh, yes. Jim, uh, our time is going so mm. fast. And um, <laughs> that's why, you know, I just try not to interrupt you much because uh, I was really looking into, into you know, to hear your, uh, your stories. And uh, uh, just before we close this section, because I feel like I need to call you back, you know, uh-huh. to uh, have another program with you. Yeah, it would be my pleasure. To share a little bit more about how God uh, uh, helped you on the way, you know, as, as you mentioned before, new Christian, you know, and yeah. brand new Christian, and <laughs> you have a lots of things to face, you know, yeah. out, out there. What would you say to our listeners if at this moment, in just like in a minute or so, uh, what would you say to them? How would you encourage them if they are going through similar things. Uh-huh. Well, I, I think the the big thing in life is that um, it it never always goes smoothly. There are always issues. If you're a new person thinking about coming to God, or if you're a new Christian who has come to God, or even someone who's been in 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 uh, in the church and and had a relationship with God for a long time, um, I, I would say always. Turn to Jesus. Remember your first love. Remember, uh, that's for people, I guess, who've mostly been in the church. But mm. for newer people coming to the to into the church or coming to know God, you may face opposition. You may face uh, things that that seem unnatural or out of out of um, the normal course of life. You must understand always that there is a God. And our God can protect us in every and any situation. We only have to trust him and have faith in him. He doesn't stop things from going wrong in our lives, but he does promise he's always with us throughout everything that happens. But we also have an enemy. And if we are not careful, that enemy will just always take full advantage of our lives and keep us from God. So I would say if you're a person looking to find a relationship with God or find out about him, just do it. Just mm. turn to God. Don't worry about what other people say, what they may think. It's between you and God. Mm. And you really just have to give your own heart to him, and you'll see how he will take that, and and he will turn everything around in your life. That's very nice, uh, Jim. And uh, I hope that um, our listeners out there, they'll have the courage to stay uh, Tend for God as you did. Yeah. And also, if they would like to share with others, we are here to facilitate that. Exactly. And yes. we are here to listen to your stories. And guys out there, if you like to um, share with us, please don't hesitate and call us. And we are more than happy to have you on the program. Now, as um, Jim also mentioned that um, his turn, you know, from, from his worldly um, uh, interests, you know, through a book, you know, I mean, he, he was challenged through exactly. a book. Uh, we are going to say it again that uh, for this month, if you give us a call, we are um, happy to offer you uh, free of charge um, one of those uh, two books, The Desire of Ages or Great Controversy. Please ring us and we'll be happy to deliver it to you or to organize uh, for you to have the books. Our time is up. Thank you for being with us today. Please tune back in next uh, week for the second part of uh, Jim's story. Until then, may God bless you and keep 
walking in the footsteps of Jesus.